0: listening to loud on the set with kyle and james a
1: level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic
0: and action all right welcome back to the show my name is kyle this is james and today james what are we doing
1: gone girl gone girl gone girl kyle
0: the title says it all (laughs) She's gone. <laughs> this uh, film came out in
1: 2014. Did you know that? Is this another retro review then? I don't know. Does it constitute? Eh, I, I saw it recently, and nah, let's just call it a review. It's a review. It's a review.
0: Um, <laughs> Gone Girl, brought to you by David Fincher, mm-hmm. directing, director of Seven. And? And such other various films. <laughs> Well, I know he also did Fight Club, right? Fight Club, The go. Social Network. Oh, damn! Yeah, this guys, he's uh, a uh, he's a he's a great director. Mm-hmm. Starring Batman, <laughs> Batfleck, Ben Affleck, and Rosamund Pike, who was the true actress of the film, mm-hmm. um, nominated for Best Actress as well at the Academy Awards that year. The only thing this film was nominated for. Um, wow, Gone Girl. Interesting movie. What do you think about it, James? Initial thoughts, Kyle. Initial thoughts.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I like you know. We, <laughs> man, there's our lexicon coming out here, There right? it is. Interesting movie. I thought a pretty decent movie. Yeah. It was not just interesting but intriguing. It right. kept It kept me interested. <laughs> I was I was genuinely, what is going to happen next? To a point. But then, Kyle, since this is my opening thoughts. Yes. Interesting, intriguing. And then becomes totally unraveled, in my wah, opinion. Wah. It, it un, <laughs> unravels. So
0: speaking of ravels, <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, of course, this also, if you did not know, is based off of a novel mm-hmm. by a writer uh, by the name of Jillian Flynn. So the source material uh, came from somewhere else, right? This was, a, am sure, New York Times bestseller. Everybody was talking about it and reading it and everything. Right. So based off a novel uh, that this woman wrote and so of course anytime you're adapting something it, you can't really stray too far well i shouldn't say that sometimes i do but if you're going to stick with something and hire all these experts to make this book that people love um you got to stick to it that being said i understand that they ran this uh, almost exactly identical um within a, a very some slight variations but for the most part the plot everything how it plays out is all how it happens in the book Interesting. So, um, so were, you, were you finished with your
1: opening thoughts? Did you want to say anything else? Well, to, to continue on the unraveling thing. Yes. Um,
0: speaking of ravels.
1: Speaking of ravels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a twist in this movie, right? What? Yeah. Did
0: M. Knight make this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the twist, spoiler alert, I guess, is that, of course, she staged the whole thing. And it's interesting. She
0: staged the gone part of Gone Girl. Yeah. Not the girl part, just the gone. The gone part.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because when when the reveal happens and she's narrating her own uh, plot, right? She's narrating her own escape and her own um, plan to, to frame her husband on stuff. Um, I thought that was the end of the movie, Kyle. Yeah. I, I was watching I was like, oh, all right. Clever little twist. This, I too. This is a good way to wrap this movie up. She's going to drive off into the... Friggin' sunset. And that's he, how most films end, right?
0: Yeah. You hit the twist. M. Night busts you with the twist, and you, you finish out the movie. That's and then it. you have
1: the little kid rapping over the credits and the, you
0: know. <laughs> saying "Yo," because that's something the kids say now. All right, yeah, anyway, anyway. Hey, I still say "Yo."
1: He said "Ho." Anyway, all right. Uh, we're, we're where were we? We're fresh off of a review of The Visit. I don't know if that's gonna the time machine of podcasting might fuck up the order here. We'll but see. All right, I thought the movie was over, and I would have been, Kyle, very satisfied with that movie. Yeah. Oh, wow, like 80, 90-minute movie mm-hmm. where I was led along a certain path, and then a little twist happened. I don't
0: even think it was at the 80 mark. I think that it was – this film was long,
1: but yeah, it, it was seemed too like long. it
0: was like an hour, like an hour in. You got to the the, the big reveal. I don't know exactly where it was in, the, in there, That's but true. I know right, in right. the book it happens at about like the halfway point as well. So – it's not even like close to being the the typical like climax. Like this wasn't the climax of the film. Right. This was the ramping, the build up, you know, and and starting you on like a, a new graph. Exactly. Like <laughs> You're two, on a new yeah. graph at this point. Yeah,
1: and that's the thing. I I thought the movie was over and I thought, "Oh, okay, it's still going." Like I was on a flight and I thought, "All right, I still have a few more hours left in this flight. I don't mind. Here we go." Like <laughs> let the story continue. Um but then as it continued, it it, the the, the Ravel unraveled. Right? The Ravels. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded it so much if, if it just kept going and and, and compounded the story and, and it stayed interesting. But the longer it went, the less believable it became. That's my opinion, Kyle. It Do you changed. Agree? It yeah.
0: became a, a different entity. So yeah, yes. my, my opening thoughts Go for are it. this was a great mystery, detective, kind of noir-ish film that had some really topical themes uh, in a day and age where – I think – I don't want to even say monogamy is falling out of fashion, quote, unquote. But the, the union of marriage and things, like that's all falling to the wayside. Where They're kind of understanding differences in psychology and where we're at. People are more open, having more open conversations. And things that people once thought were taboo or weird or a subset of people are like the majority of everybody, just nobody's talking about it. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. We're in that kind of day and age. So touching on some of those themes – people having difficulties in your, like, marriage, that's something normal that most everybody goes through. And this was a great mystery and detective story around this. Um, and like you said, I thought that the big, the big point was going to be that, uh, of course, and maybe this was too predictable, you know? And I'm sure if I read it um, and led up to that point, it probably would seem too predictable. Like, well, the alternative is it's somebody. They don't introduce a lot of characters at the beginning, so... It's him or it's her. And it's like, oh, well, it's her. Okay, so she's gone, and that's great. But <laughs> where this gets really interesting is the, the how and then the why. And post that, the, the then mystery becomes how screwed he gets basically getting framed for her murder at that point um, that she staged and everything. And that's where the story really takes off. But at that point, and you were alluding to this as well, it really turns into a fantasy film thing to bring in like this, they get the OJ lawyer shows up, you know, he's going (laughs) to, he's going to get anybody off the hook, um, played well, played by Tyler Perry. Very surprising, but a, a good turn for Tyler Perry, um, put that on his belt, uh, and it just, it all got so fuzzy at that point. And I think that's part of it um, that they're going for. But things got weird and more outlandish mm-hmm. and less of that, like, core realistic kind of mystery detective story. And it just turned into this weird fantasy of, oh, long lost love, yearnings, and uh, and people in the most complex situations of their lives that just can mysteriously evaporate out of them and everything can go back to normal and everything's okay. And, yeah, and I don't know exactly, we'll talk about that later on, but my overall impression was that it was, it felt like two different films. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I didn't think that the second film was as good as the first (laughs) one. So that got a little weird. But again, it follows the book and... I, th- I think one of the things that the the book supposedly has done better is took way more time with the characters to make you understand more of what they're doing and how they're doing and why. Um, and I think we lacked some of that, and that's what made this second half of the movie feel very fantastical. Um, but, yeah, interesting. I wrote down two-thirds to maybe three-fourths great <laughs> oh. of a film. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, we've kind of addressed the plot a little bit. So let's go with some pros and cons. What were some things you liked about it and things that you thought could have been better or should have been better?
1: Okay, well, the pros. I I agree with you. The first half or the first movie of the two movies that is (laughs) Gone Girl. um, I like the first half. I like the mystery. I liked the experience of watching this movie and not knowing how to feel about the main character. Uh Is he really a prick? Is he going to be innocent? Is he the victim or is she the victim? I like that, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I will agree with you, Tyler Perry, who gets introduced in the second movie that is Gone Girl. His acting, I thought, was pretty good. Um, uh, I that, I, that that's it. I the cons for me, <laughs> the cons for me stand out a little bit too much, you know. Like, um, even with Tyler Perry, he's one of my pros because he's a good actor, uh-huh. but the way that his character sort of exits stage left or right. stage right, which, uh, whatever, he uh, fucking...
0: The way he exits... You can exit any stage you want. Oh, yeah? All right.
1: The way he <laughs> exits is essentially this. I and mean, He's done a fine job acting throughout the movie, right? But then the writing and the sort of cockamamie nonsense of the uh-huh. second half of the movie causes his character to say essentially to the people, you white folks are crazy, and leave. Like, right. What? Any self-respecting and, and caring human would have been... A, Okay, listen. This is actually gonna be a very easy case to prove your innocence and get really and <laughs> get it was. and get really far away from this <laughs> nut, you know, like this right. lunatic. Um, but he's they, they had to get rid of his character. They uh-huh. had to get him out of the scene so that or the picture so that Ben Affleck and and, and what's the the other person's name? I don't know the wife, right? Uh, <laughs> what the hell's the name like? Rosamund Amy. Pike. Oh, but Amy, amazing oh, Amy. Yes, yes. yes. So that they have to just in a very tense, awkward way have to like coexist. So you can't have a clear thinking. You can't have a clear-thinking Tyler Perry lawyer figure on the scene, and you certainly can't have um, a critical-thinking investigator, the the, the uh-huh. police the policewoman on the scene either. And she's also very much okay cock, in a cock-a-mean way, like, yeah, all of your legitimate concerns about an actual investigation and some of the questions, like, where's your wounds and where are your scars and how did this happen? No, 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 get her out of here! Ugh. Right? What? Like, mm-hmm. You you you're essentially dismissing the very agents who would have made the premise of the movie impossible so how do you get rid of them you just get rid of them
0: right right, yeah you know those things are tough so uh, just no. yeah you're fine
1: yeah Uh, a whole room full of fbi guys telling the only clear-thinking cop lady in the room like hey leave her alone what these are the questions that any clear-thinking person would have asked like uh, how did
0: so so here's what i thought when they were leading up to the to the major finale and kind of the spoiler alert again the the kind of biggest climax and twist is that she ends up coming back and re repins all of the like murder scene against him kind of on this other random dude that she knows from a long time ago who like stalked her or said something or whatever desi is um his name. Yeah.
1: yeah doogie
0: howser so so she tries to play it off like everything's cool now. They were they were upset with each other. There was a spat, but then she got really abducted and then she like escaped from this dude and they're going to live happily ever after at that point. And then Ben Affleck is just like, "Well, I'm a little upset with you, <laughs> but okay. We'll we'll do this." And I just it was so unbelievable at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been So crazy pissed, even though he's a schmuck as well, right? But there's no going back from the level that she ramped it up, you know? It's like, okay, see what I'm capable of, all right? You better (laughs) treat me better. Okay, honey, I will. And that's where the fantasy aspect of it came in because it was an overblown, way overblown at that point, metaphor. So we we start out with a film that's very procedural. You know, it's about... This investigation. And they spend so much time in that vein like clues, the search, steps, mm-hmm. the search, the media. everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we hit this point and then everything changes and it just becomes the character metaphor fantasy for the rest of the film. Now, that can be seen in great uh, respect in Ex Machina when we talked about that. That whole thing was like the fuzzy kind of fantasy feel. There wasn't like there weren't procedural steps really. The plot kinda gets all weirded together because the whole thing is themed around the, the metaphors that it was presenting in right. there about like what's human and everything. So in this film it the expectations that it sets up get so turned on their head and then you can't really appreciate the second half and the resolutions of it because the the first part got boiled down. Now, I'm sure in the book, and I'm sure w- that they probably shot more stuff for the first half, and they could have built up those characters and the relationships a little bit more. And again, this isn't a bad movie. And, like, the first the first part was good, and they, they did due diligence. But the the tone and how it was flowing, the pacing, was such of this, like, procedural drama and became something entirely different. Um, so there was a disconnect there in in. In connecting, there was a disconnect in connecting the the two halves of the story (laughs) that they needed more coherence for the resolutions that they built up at the end. You have to walk away with a sense of understanding as to why he would go back to things the way they were, and that is something that you do not get because he would not unless we knew more about the situation. Yes,
1: Kyle, that's a great point. In fact, I'm going to piggy piggy. There's (laughs) There's all Um yeah, if we could have developed that, that sense of the understanding why he would go back, and that's one of my comments I wrote down uh-huh. right here, there was nothing holding him back. You know, Any sane person, as soon as they found their out, as soon as they were vindicated e- either in the media or in your private relationships with your sister and your lawyer, would have gotten the hell out of there. Uh-huh. They could have introduced something in the first half of the movie that made it difficult for him not to leave. Whether it was a financial situation, whether and they try to do it with the kid, but th- that's too late. That right. that development comes too late. He already sort of makes up his mind to do mm-hmm. it, and then makes up his mind to have a kid. So right. that, that's reverse, you know. Yeah. And they don't they don't even really I don't know. Like you see what I'm saying? Like I do. They, there should have been some sort of desperation element where even the sister could be like, "I want you to get out of this, but I get it." But instead, the sister sort of is is um, is our vector for our frustrations, like. Thinking, right, you know, like, yeah and that's the the sentiment of the whole crowd watching right. the theater right All right that's exactly it, yeah.
0: so that that brings up slightly a, uh-huh. a topic that I read up a lot on after I watched the movie because when I when I first watched it I I figured there was more to it and one of the things that really interested me was that they portray her as a very strong character and that she's able to Take all of the crap that's around her, and she's able to go and do something about it. So, a very strong kind of feminist approach to that. But then, on the flip side of that coin, they fall into the typical stereotype of like the crazy bitch who's just gonna like wreck your life and do all this insane stuff, and you're trapped and stuck with her. And <laughs> like, and it and it kind of. I don't know. They don't cancel each other out. They just compound on top of each other in a weird way that doesn't describe, like, a normal, real person anymore. It's that fantastical approach, again, at that point. And they were both gaming each other, and that's kind of the metaphor that they were trying to build up, is that people, all people have, like, shit deep down inside somewhere. Little pieces of shit, you know? and (laughs) Cocky balls, as we used to call them (laughs) when I was a little kid. Little cocky balls. Right. And it (laughs) happens, you know? Not everybody's perfect, and people make mistakes and things, and we can, like, forgive and move on from those. But they they present her character in such a way that is so, like, revenge-seeking onto him, and they present his character crimes quote quote moral crimes of his like philandering and like lack of participation in a joint relationship it's like oh this is just a way that people you know are sometimes and it's something that we like need to overcome in like society and everything you know this is like something inside of all of us but then they put hers out there like it's this crazy like murder scheme <laughs> runs off and is like doing all this crime and shit and everything and fraud and killing this dude, like setting him up and murdering him. And like, he's back there like, Oh, slap on the wrist. Cause I slept with somebody else. And it's not equal. And I think that's where the strong feminist character like, gets way outshined by like the crazy bitch stereotype. Um, that exists and that's something i that i've read up on that the book tries to do and succeeds to do a lot better which is that present them as more human and the the, it's more balanced and makes sense in that regard instead of falling back on the the spectacle that we saw and and highlighting more of those attributes so
1: that that frustrated me what a great analysis yeah i mean really (laughs) You got me thinking right now, what is her identity ultimately? Like, she goes from being amazing Amy and, you know, the honeymoon stages of a relationship where Uh everything is great with with Batman, right? Uh Um, But then she's, you know, victimized in a way through neglect and Uh through whatever, lack of passion, whatever, or, you know, what what their marriage suffers from. Right. The fact that she's not in the driver's seat because he chooses where they're going to live and so on and so forth. Okay, so we feel bad for her but then she, she then we see the crazy side of her mm-hmm. so then we start siding with Batman a little bit more right. and how he's the the, the deserving of our pity to a certain extent but then she comes back but she's really still very manipulative mm-hmm. and why and so is she still a fucking nut at the end of the movie like what?
0: why would any of them want to be together at the end yeah. and if she just showed that which she was trying to do that she's capable of fucking up his life as much as he has done to her She's trying to show like what they're both capable of. You but know? like you said, that's not even equal. Right. It's, it's not, not even equal. It's not even close. But she's trying to get that that sort of message across. Then why not at the end walk away and be like, now you know. And like yes. and go start your own life and be happy and can't use like the media or anything as an example. You know, after what we've been through, um, we just couldn't see each other the same way. And like move on. She gets to walk away and go get to somebody who appreciates her. But what does she want to do instead? At this point, she wants to manipulate and like control him. Keep sticking it to him. Because they want to squeeze and milk the metaphor in the fantasy of like marriages are worth hard work and everything and worth working towards. And we're going to work together and make this really we're strong. Work it. It's like, no. <laughs> you don't belong together. I think that's pretty clear to see at this point. So let's call it what it is at part ways. So I couldn't get on board with with the finale aspect of what they were trying to show with the film.
1: All right. Well, Kyle, I'm pretty much out of comments, except for this one. I, I sort of wrote down like the feminist angle because I know that this movie comes up in feminist discussions at times. Is it pro? Is it uh, against? Is that- I don't know. I didn't really think about it that much. And we touched upon it just a second ago. Mm. But should we? can we close off on that one? And, and what do you think? When, when the feminist angle comes up with this movie, what are your thoughts? I can't, or is I, it so muddled that it doesn't belong in either No, category?
0: yeah. I kind of was getting to that earlier in that yeah. I just – I don't – first of all, I don't think that I know enough to say enough uh, in that regard. So those are my feel my general feelings watching it um, when I left were that it didn't feel like it represented women in this situation correctly. I thought that it, I thought that the stereotype that they were hammering home was way more uh, prominent than any sort of like strong-willed feminist belief. Um, and again, like we've said before. We did invite a girl to be on this podcast with us and chat with us. They were unable to. So we're going to need some help from everybody who's seen this movie. Please, everyone,
1: anyone. Let us know what (laughs) you
0: think. Send us some
1: stuff. Shall we put grades on it then?
0: Yeah, but I I want to know what you think after watching it. How do you feel about it? You're Uh, a married man too. Yeah. So I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about this.
1: You know, I, no, I'm taking the cheap way out with this. You're a newly married I'm gonna, man, I'm too. Gonna, I'm going to take, <laughs> uh, take the easy way out here because I like what you just said, and that is any commentary on feminism that the movie tried to make maybe through the first half or through the reveal at the end of the first act, right? right, was completely overtaken by what you said the milking of the metaphor of marriages mm-hmm. take hard work wink wink <laughs> wink wink stab stab right <laughs> and so I'm not left with um, an opinion or a thought or a conflicting set of opinions in my mind mm-hmm. about feminism I'm left with a gee god gee god what gee golly will it where did that come from what the <laughs> fuck who's in here <laughs> Fucking alter identity, just whatever. Um, I'm left with, god damn, like this, this that just unraveled, right? right. You know? I'm left with the like poor ravel, poor ravel.
0: New <laughs> <laughs> lexicon, baby. Yeah. Poor ravel. So, so here's another thing Not about right, yeah. the movie. I thought that the first half was so strong in all aspects of it. I thought that the slow build to the characters were good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought that the, um, the pacing of the clue finding and on top of that. The twists and turns that it took. I was like, we we've talked about horror films before and everything, and the scariest things are the things you don't expect that end up showing up. I don't know if I've mentioned this, so I'm gonna record it right now. You need to see the film Hush, by the Hush. way. Hush. Watch it. Okay. It's a really good horror film. The things that you don't expect that are going to happen are the scariest things in life, you know, the unknown. And and this sounds a little bit silly, but the scene where um, Matt Damon is, or Matt Damon, <laughs> they're the same person, right? <laughs> ben Affleck is meeting up with his, uh, I don't know, his girl that he's sleeping with. <laughs> she's hot. And she comes. <laughs> she's hot. Oh, she's hot. She comes to the, you're a married man. Watch it, sir. <laughs> um, she comes to his house and, like, sneaks in. Well, I guess it's his sister's house, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's staying at. And she sneaks in, and they have, like, a night of passion. And oh, she's scared and everything. And yeah. and she wakes up and exits in the morning um, and gets out of the house and doesn't get seen by anybody. And all of a sudden, his sister comes out of nowhere and says, like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, And that was so startling, not even in how it was presented on screen, but I was not expecting that at all to happen at that point. Maybe some people were. But I wasn't expecting it there, and it was making such a good mystery. It was every th- every little twist, and all of his aspect of it was unraveling and what was going to happen. And it, it just didn't have that sort of feeling to the second half to make their ultimate resolutions again have that same sort of good filmmaking that went into it because it yeah. seemed like David Fincher directed the first half and then visually, David Fincher was the cinematographer for the second half, but they like gave the script to somebody else to direct at that point. It just felt very disconnected in mm-hmm. in what was going on, and I I just wanted to like it so much, and I feel like yeah. there's a lot of he's made a ton of good films, and and that just didn't didn't fly there. Yep. On your feminist topic, one other thing that I was wanting to say was. The Hateful Eight. Um, Pat recommended it to us. Pat from our, Cincinnati. What's up, Pat? <laughs> Shout out to Pat. Go watch on our Airborne. episode. Go, go watch
1: Airborne, Pat. I right. went.
0: I saw it finally. Um, Airborne? No, oh. I saw. <laughs> I saw the Hateful Eight. Uh huh. Um, and a similar thing happened where I saw the movie and I walked away from it with an uneasy feeling about the lead female character that was in it just like in this film, this was the immediate connection I drew after I saw it. Just like in this film, this character seemingly is treated in a way that overtly looks really horrible. Um, And it looks like cheap shots at women, and it looks misogynistic and feels that way. And on the same side of that coin there's this other aspect of it that's fighting it where all of the characters in it are talking about this female character like she is just a scumbag criminal not like in any way relating to her gender but just that she is like an evil evil person and they're treating her as such they would treat an evil person which then they go to do for the rest of the film but and i've read the i've read both reviews again like with this film From the feminist camp and and the opposite, and there's kind of like, or from feminists that both agree and disagree with it being feminist or misogynistic or anything. And I don't know anymore if are films being made in such a way that they're trying to hit all these different viewpoints. Are they being made in a way that is inherently? either of these two directions i don't know have you seen any films that have like bugged you in this way before because i left really conflicted about how i felt about both films and if i thought that they were doing something one way or the other or is it just that we're getting into like weird gray
1: area with lots of topics now i don't know i know other films come to mind i think i think the gray area is right because um maybe it's maybe it's Gray area slash none of the above, you know, like right. maybe we're looking for a message here where there is none, where you know, like not every movie that has a female lead is maybe. I'm just saying maybe there's a possibility that maybe there was no attempt at feminism. But I'll play devil's advocate with that point I just made. Here we go, playing both sides of the fence. Here, <laughs> um, it's it's tough to make that point considering that uh, in the movie amazing amy especially when she narrates how she did it all mm-hmm. at the midpoint at the at the conclusion great. of the first act goes into great detail about talking about her own empowerment and all that shit like mm-hmm. and how her life is you know she's re-controlling her life and and so i don't know just maybe maybe there was a message there and just got muddled yeah um, whatever <laughs> <laughs> On where's, that note. where's andrea when we need her right
0: <laughs> Give it a grade, James. What do you think I'm going, overall?
1: I'm going with a C because the first half of the movie was a B, and the second half was a D, and that averages out to a C.
0: All right. I will a give C it—
1: A C for <laughs> unravel.
0: <laughs> I will give it a, uh, a solid B. Wow. And the reason that I give it that is because of the things that I basically didn't even talk about, which are that this film looks really good, True. Acting is really good. True. The dialogue is really interesting most of the time. Um, enough that I can say that the script was well well adapted. It's hard to adapt things because mm-hmm. you somebody else's voice, and then your maybe you can't tell the same story. You know. Yeah. Um, and then the the only part that I didn't like was just that I didn't feel like it, it connected, and really satisfied me at the end. But maybe that's the point is that uh it is unsatisfying, you know, some aspects of some things are really unsatisfying. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's obviously making a big statement about marriage and it's a huge metaphor for all the different aspects of being in relationships with people. I think everybody can take that away from it. So you'll take what you want away from it. It's a I would say pretty great detective story, mystery uh, that gets lost in some of its points. But overall, I give a solid B. All right. Excellent. Well, clearly, folks, we need some help with this. Yes. So send us some emails set at gmail.com. Let us know if you would like us to call you up so you can give your view on it as well. Because I would be very interested in hearing from some. Um, People that know a lot more about this topic than we do, uh, in what this movie did for uh, for all these different themes and ideas and world movements we've been talking about. So, um, so please let us know what your thoughts are. Send them in. lot on the set at gmail Check us out on YouTube and iTunes. And uh, I I guess we can probably say we both recommend seeing this movie. Sure. Can you say yeah? <laughs> sure. Go watch it for a couple bucks online. If you're on a flight and it's
1: free like I was, (laughs) sure, why not?
0: All right, well, there you have it. A halfway lackluster
1: (laughs) recommendation
0: (laughs) for you. Um, Thank you again so much for listening. Check out Gone Girl. Let us know what you think and have a great time.
1: See you later. And cut.